Well, I appreciate the good music. I appreciate your presence. And I appreciate the Word of God. Amen. And let's look at it for a few minutes this morning. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, if you'll find that in your Bible. Now, you'll have to come back tonight when we can visit. The preacher told me I couldn't visit any this morning. But, uh, so if you'll come back tonight, we'll visit some and uh, take care of the rest of the message. I want you to consider the fact that sometimes we get ahead of ourselves and we start trying to do things we hadn't prepared to do. And so I want to talk to you about preparation for wholehearted Christianity and stewardship, uh, the life and the stewardship. And a very familiar passage of scripture we're going to read from, Proverbs chapter 3. Many of you have memorized some of the verses. Listen carefully as I read through them now, beginning in verse 1. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Now, the preacher taught us in Sunday school that we ought to keep the things the Lord tells us to keep. Well, that's okay, but I like the promise that comes with it better. Did you notice what he said? For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. A lot of folks have long life today without peace. That, that comes with obeying the Lord. We continue on. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. And so shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. <clears throat> Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord, and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase, and so shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses burst out with new wine. I want to congratulate you, every one of you, when you woke up this morning received a wonderful gift. One more day. One more day. Preacher talked about looking 30 years ahead. Well, that's fine, but I don't even buy green bananas. <laughs> bad, bad deal. But whether we're going to steward 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, 30 days, or 30 minutes, we ought to do a better job on it today than we did yesterday. And that's just a fact. If you and I, it is required of the Christian continuing growth. Every day we should be a better Christian than we were yesterday. 
Every day we should steward God's world better than we did yesterday. And we, we have to have a, the guidebook for that. That doesn't just come with being born again. Getting saved is one thing. Being a Christian is another thing. And we want to be Christians and be what God would have us to be. And so we have the, the, the guidebook here, the owner's manual, that, that'll give us the proper maintenance and care if we look at it. And uh, I, I want us to pay careful attention to it because every Christian in the building ought to be interested in finding God's will and getting God's direction on his life. The, the, the prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah 58, 11, and the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul. That's a good verse. I, I, I like that. Too often, though, we're, we're like that losing football team that I heard about. They had not won a game all season. College, college football. You folks in Florida, you wouldn't know much about that. <laughs> but uh, they, uh, they had not won a game all season. It had come down now to the last game. The coach was going to lose his job if he didn't win at least one game. Uh, the crowd was tired of him, and he was tired of them. Come down to the last few seconds of the game, and his opponents fumbled the ball on their own two-yard line. So the coach, for the first time, took heart. Just two yards, and I, all I've got to do is score now. I saved my job. We win a game. Everything will be fine. So his team took possession of the ball two yards into score. He called in his favorite play, play number 38. They ran the play and lost two yards. They're now four yards from the goal line. He called in his second favorite play. Play number 28, they lost five yards. They're now nine yards from goal line. Now the, the crowd's booing him. He, he knows it's not going to work out well. He's turned around he's booing the crowd. The little young quarterback looks over at him to get to play for the next uh, play called in. He had his back turned to him. So he called the play and all of a sudden, the coach heard the people cheering instead of booing, and they turned around and looked, and the referees had their hands up in the air. They had scored a touchdown, won the game. He was hilarious. After he settled down a little bit, he called that quarterback over there, and he said, son, what in the world did you do in order to score on that last play? He said, well, I looked back at you for the play to call, and you had your back turned to us, and I didn't know what to do. So I looked at this guy, and his number was six, and I looked at this guy, and his number was eight. And I said, well, six and eight are 11. I called play number 11, and we scored a touchdown. <laughs> the coach said, well, you idiot. You dummy. Said, eight and six are not 11, it's 14. He said, well, coach, if I'd have been as smart as you, we'd have lost that ball game. <laughs> uh, just pretty simple, pretty simple, isn't it? Now, we who are Christians need to be real careful where we get our smarts, where we get our leading, and where we get our direction, you see. We, we, we need to be 
really, really, really careful because if we're not, we who are Christians will get smarter and smarter and smarter and lose the game. So let's, let's look at some of it today. You know, in my lifetime, we've seen some amazing things. We split the atom and put a man on the moon, put a probe on Mars, have worldwide satellite communication, have medical advances beyond the human imagination, uh, and still have diseases we can't cure, and the crime rate's up 500% in my lifetime. We're getting smarter and smarter, and we're losing uh, the game. You and I don't have to live like that. We have to live in this world, but we don't have to live like that. We have a guide. I want us to look at this morning with this in mind, preparation for wholehearted Christian living and giving. Preparation. We have to, the preacher keeps talking about preparing our heart. You have to do that. You see, our old nature is against every bit of this. Our old nature rises up against every spiritual truth that enters our heart. And so this stuff we have to do on purpose. Now some of it I can just do because. I can just lie because that's my old nature. You're you're not going to go there with me? You know it's the truth. We, we, we have an nat- old nature that just by the very fact of its nature is against everything that God's for. So let's, let's prepare. Let's, let's feed the right dog. What do you say? I want us to look now at two verses you have memorized, no doubt, marked in your Bible. You've heard many sermons from them. I understand that. You're about to hear another one. Verse 5 and verse 6 of Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Let's get our guidelines now. If you and I are really interested in being what God wants us to be, in following God's way and God's will and God's direction, in stewarding his world, then we're going to have to do it this way. Number one, we're going to have to learn to love God above all else. Now, I didn't say learn to love God. I said learn to love God above all else. Notice our verse here in verse 3, if you would. Uh, Verse 5, I'm sorry. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Do you, you men that, are, that can remember, you're not too old to remember. Do you remember the first time you told that lady you're sitting by, I love you with all my heart? You remember that? Yes. Oh, your goose was cooked right then. <laughs> that meant there was someone that had come into your life, you were going to elevate above your own desires and your own wishes, and you were going to spend your life trying to make her happy. Now, when Jesus came into our life, sometimes we forget to do that with him. But we're to love him with all our heart. It's, it's, it's just required. Notice, look in your verses. Now, we're talking about this whole heart thing. You look at how plain some of it is spelled out for us. There in verse 5, if you'll notice very carefully, 
what we just read, all thine heart. That's with all your worship, every bit of it. Then you come on down to verse 6, and it spells it out this way, in all thy ways. That's all thy work. And then you drop down to verse 9, and lo and behold, with all thine increase, the first fruits of all thine increase, that's all your wealth. Now, understand, love the Lord above all else. That's all your worship, all your work, all your wealth. Now, why would any Christian hesitate to do that? Because maybe it's because we're not real sure of what the consequences would be if we did that. Suppose someone that you don't know came to you and said, would you do something for me? What would be your first question back to them? What you want me to do? And he just says, well, that's not your business. Just trust me. Do it. What's your response going to be to that? No. Ain't no way. Not going to do it. He says, why? He takes offense. Perhaps. Why? Because I don't know you. If I don't know you, I, I, you know, I can't love you. And if I can't love you, I can't trust you. And so, no, I'm not going to do that. But God says, you can trust me. Trust me. You know. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. We, we talk a good game. The Lord talked about that crowd. He said, they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. See, this, this Christianity thing, it's a heart, if you want to use the word religion, it's a heart religion. We, we talk about receiving Jesus Christ into our heart. Get saved that way. Then the Bible says that uh, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. We live our life that way. And then the command is that we're to trust in the Lord with all our heart. And you know, you, you can't really trust in someone you don't love. And so you get to know the Lord, really know him, and to know him is to love him, and to love him is to trust him, and to trust him is to obey him, and to obey him is to be blessed and have guidance and direction. So if we're going to be the right kind of a Christian, wholehearted, we're going to have to start with loving the Lord with all our heart, you see. Number two, not only must we love the Lord with all our heart, we must lean on him at all times. Notice verse 5 again. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not to thine own understanding. That goes against everything they told me all the way through school. Now we want, we want you to get an education where you can understand what's going on in the world and you'll know how to relate to this and you'll know how to relate to that. And so I got all of that together and I got out, got saved, got to reading in the Bible and God said, you can't lean on that. You, you, you can't understand what I'm going to tell you. Not going to work out with that old line of understanding. You're going to have to just go past that, you see. And trust in the Lord with all thine heart. We have to become totally 
dependent upon God. I'm not going all the way with him unless I can be dependent, unless he's dependable. And the only reason I wouldn't trust him is I'm saying, you know, he's not really dependable. He won't do what he said he'd do. I'm not going to say that. I believe he will. I understand he will. But if you are, as a Christian, we must become totally dependent, not on a plan, not on a purpose, but on a person. And if you really want to know God's will, there are three little phrases that you're going to have to pay attention to. I want to give them to you now because these will be the difference between whether you choose to be a wholehearted Christian or you're just going to play a religious game. Three phrases. Anywhere, anytime, any cost. Every Christian ought to be able and willing to bow before God and tell him that. I'll go anywhere, at any time, at any cost. If you want to flush it out and put a little more flesh on it, you can say, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll be what you want me to be. And I'll give what you want me to give. But you can keep it simple, anywhere, anytime, any cost. If we can't say that, we're just playing church. That's all, you, that's all you're going to make out of it. We just don't trust him. See, in all thy ways, acknowledge him. We slander God. We absolutely slander God when we say something like this. Okay, now what he's asking me to do is, is to obey God or choose happiness, one or the other. No. I think the devil started that. But, but we think like that. No. We want God to use our children, but don't take them to Africa. We want God to bless us, but don't expect us to tithe and give offerings. Well, God wants us to trust him. And he said, I'll tell you what, if you'll do that, I'll just prove myself to you. Hmm? Bring you all the tithes and offerings into the storehouse and see. He said, just, just check me out. See if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that shall not be room enough to be received. It's an amazing thing. The very way God tests us, he says, you can test me. And he wants us to do that. So I must choose God's way or happiness. No, God's way is happiness. The psalmist said in Proverbs 34, 7, delight thyself also in the Lord. Psalm 37, 4. It's all right. I have so much stuff on the hard drive it takes it longer to get up than it used to, okay? Psalm 37, 4, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. That just sounds like a wonderful, wonderful proposition. I told the crowd this morning, now that, that, that's, that's the King James Version. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Now, there is a Florida version. Have you read it lately? 
Let me quote it for you. Are you right? Now, did you get the first one? Okay, here's the Florida version. You give me the desires of my heart, and I'll delight in you. Hmm? That's what, some, that's what some folks right here this morning are waiting on. For God just to dump the honey bucket in their lap. No. See, God's a gentleman. He said, you go first. You delight in me, and I'll give you the desires of your heart. Pretty simple. Sounds like happiness to me. Number three. Now, number one, learn we, we must love God above all things. Number two, we must lean completely on him. Number three, we must learn to trust God totally. Verse six says, and God shall direct thy paths. Now listen, he either will do what he said he'll do or he won't. And we need to decide where we are on that. We come to church and sit here and wonder if he's ever going to quit preaching and leave and feel like we've done our penance for the morning or we can come and say, dear God, that's me. Anywhere, anytime, any cost. Count me in that crowd. That's where I am. That's what you need to do. And somebody said, well, how do we get this leadership, this direction for today? Your preacher preaches it all the time. Number one, by the word of God. See, the psalmist is plain, Psalm 119, 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. There's your direction right there. Pretty simple. And you know, you, you, we know that. And then Christian folks sit around and they won't read their Bible. They just will not discipline themselves to read their Bible. They won't pray, and they wonder why they don't have direction from God. Let me give you a challenge. Maybe you're one of those, you say, man, I just can't get started. Well, that's a cop-out, but that's what you say, okay? Let me challenge you. Read one proverb a day and one psalm a day, that's all. You do that, and here's what will happen. Proverbs will give you wisdom. Psalms will teach you to love God and to pray, and, and then you'll find that much of God's will for you is revealed in the Bible. You just read, for instance, and I, I just go through this quickly. For instance, Second Peter 3, 9 says that the Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. See, it is God's will for you to be saved. That's just God's will. So if there's someone here this morning, for whatever purpose you might have dropped in, maybe you just dropped in to check it out. Check it out. You'll like it. But since you're here, if you're not saved, if you're not sure that if you died, you'd go to heaven, I want to tell you what God's will for you is. God's specific will for you this morning is that you be saved. Someone said, how do you know that? Because the Bible said it. That's good enough. Then the Bible says in Ephesians 5.18, since you've been saved, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. It's God's will that you be filled with the Spirit. And then 
it continues on and says, okay, you're saved now, and uh, you're filled with the Spirit. First Thessalonians 4, 3 says, and for this is the will of God, even your sanctification. Or it says, you're saved, filled with the Spirit, clean your act up. Hmm? Act like it. Walk like it. Talk like it. Smell like it. Sure, all of, all of those deep theological things like that. And if you'll do those three things, be sure you're saved. For the Lord in baptism, it's going to be more than three things. Get in a good local church like this one. That's all one thing. First thing, you don't even need to pray about the second thing then. Just get her done. Get filled with the Spirit. And clean up. You'll be well on your way to God's will for your life. And then, how do we get it? From the wisdom of God. See, wisdom is just sanctified sense. And God gave you a mind. He expects you to use it. It's not, it's not emotions. It's not feelings. But a divine use of the mind. And thirdly, by the work of God. By the work of God. How, how do we get this guidance? From the word of God. By the wisdom of God. And by the work of God. God moves providentially in our lives. He opens doors that no man can open. He closes doors that no man can close. He does amazing things. And spiritual hindsight's a wonderful thing. You know, we, we come to these terrible times. We, we, things happen in our life. We say, why did that happen to me? I don't deserve that. And you give yourself, I tell you what, give yourself 30, 40, 50 years and look back at it. And you'll say, you know, that's the best thing that ever happened to me. When God moved, did that in my life. When God took that out of my life. When God put that in my life. Just let God work in your life because that's really what it's all about. And that's the, that's the last thought. Since he works providentially, let him work. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. It's amazing. The prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah 43, 19, Behold, I, I do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I will make a way in the wilderness. Listen carefully to me this morning. If you are willing to say to God, anywhere, anytime, any cost, God will make a way. God makes a way when there doesn't seem to be a way. You know, thank God for the promise. When I can't see the way, and that's what we say, well, I just don't see how I could do that. I just don't see how I could make a full heart commitment when I can't see the way God will make a way. God will make a way for you wherever your problem is. Wandering in the wilderness of sin this morning, God will make a way for you. All these problems of life, God will make a way in the time of trouble. The psalmist said in Psalm 50, 15, and call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver thee. God will make a way when you say, anywhere, 
any time, any cost. You do that, and God will make a way through the obstacles that keep you from God's will. Listen to the words someone penned you. I don't know who to give credit to, but I'm so happy about them. He does not lead me year by year or even day by day, but step by step my path unfolds. My Lord directs my way. And I wonder who's here today. But you, you would be able to say, I believe the Bible. If you say that, listen, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. You can steward the day the way you ought to. You can steward your life the way you ought to. You can steward God's resources the way you ought to when you're willing to say that. Anywhere.